welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on all of your favorite podcasting apps. I thank each and every one of you once and always for downloading and listening to this show. It is a great pleasure to be back on board with you once again today as the NFC and AFC championships have been crowned. And we have our Super Bowl 58 coming up, the matchup. Of course, we're going to talk about all of that here in the first segment, fan interaction into the second segment. It's going to be a two-segment conversation here on Championship Sunday. Wanted to get on with this ASAP. It was two pretty close games, pretty exciting games. Uh, One could have been a massive blowout going a certain way, but it ended up going a completely other direction in the second half. I think you know what game that is. The other one just didn't go well. The other team never kind of came back, even though they had a billion opportunities to come back. And that'll be our opening conversation in the AFC Championship game. One I'm, one of these two games I'm very happy about. The other I'm kind of pissed. And do you blame me? Um, I'm Yeah, do you blame me? Raise your hand if you're tired of the Kansas City Chiefs. Anyone? Come on. Come on, come on. Put your hands up. I know. Come on. Stop lying. Put your hands up. You're tired of the Chiefs. Yes, me too. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are going back to the bleeping Super Bowl because the Ravens played like the Minnesota Vikings play in playoff games typically um, and a lot during the season. They looked a lot like the Vikings this season. They managed only 10 points against the Chiefs. It's a very stingy defense. Uh, Steve Spagnuolo is one of the best defensive coordinators of all time. He's just on the wrong team, that's all. I just, Gosh dang it, I wish he wasn't on the Kansas City Chiefs. Imagine him like on the 49ers. Imagine him on whoever. But why the Chiefs? Uh, of course. Of course, he has to be on the dang Chiefs. I'd rather he just go back to the Giants again. I like that Giants team just fine. Um, <laughs> heck, the Vikings put a 42 on that team, which is the weirdest thing ever. We put 42 points on that <laughs> on that uh, San Francisco Giants. No, wrong, wrong, wrong Giants. New York Giants team that season a few, uh, about, what is it, a month or two before that Super Bowl? I think it was two months before that Super Bowl. Um yeah, who would have thought that team would, would win the entire thing against an undefeated Patriots team? But I'll digress back to where I need to be. Uh, the comment, the complaint, Lamar Jackson just isn't really a postseason performer. Last week, he sure looked like it for the most part. What did he run for 100 yards on the Houston Texans, who had a rookie quarterback? I mean, he's a rookie. He's a wonderful rookie, and the Houston Texans, we just might be talking about him on Championship Sundays in the not-too-distant future. Um, and hope and pray that... Uh, certain networks don't edit out some of his uh, acknowledging his Christianity. I think that's kind of bullcrap to do that, but they did. Um, Yeah, we'll get off of that topic right now. That's for a different podcast. Yes, it is for a different podcast. That does exist. Uh, Lamar Jackson, though, just below average throughout the game. Uh, Opportunities over and over and over. Patrick Mahomes wasn't exactly like, like lethal out there. He really wasn't because the Ravens defense is pretty good, and they kept this Chiefs team to 17 points. In your house, if you can keep the Chiefs to 17 points in your house, you think you have a chance at probably winning the game. But they still managed to bleep and not win the game because they fell behind early, did the uh, Baltimore Ravens, and they kind of stayed behind, even though the second half, a la the San Francisco 49ers, they came out kind of like world beaters. They were getting yards. They were actually running the ball a little bit. Uh, one way or another, not really, though. That's the problem. That's the root of the problem. Gus Edwards ran for three ti- uh, three yards. Zay Flowers, which I, I don't know. I'm pissed off at him right now. And Justice Hill. But Zay Flowers is a receiver, so it's like, yay. And he only got like four yards out of it. And Justice Hill only three yards. San Francisco, de- or, excuse me, Kansas City defense is pretty stingy and all that. But at the same time, I mean, you can run on them. Uh, Lamar Jackson certainly proved that. 
Uh, Gus Edwards proved that by, you know, getting 20 yards and only three carries. So it's definitely possible. Um, the Baltimore defense kept the Ravens in the game, despite the fact the offense continued to sputter and bleep up opportunities. And even with even with the offense sputtering, the, the, the Baltimore Ravens easily could have won this football game. But no, Zay Flowers, after making a great play, gets whistled for taunting like a complete idiot. Gets whistled for taunting. Makes a great play. Okay, the Ravens has a, have a chance to make things extremely interesting here. Maybe make it 17-14, to 14 and then, all right, you're within a field goal with the best kicker of all time, pretty much, and you have a chance at something. And then what happens? Um, yeah, okay, it's a 1,500-yard penalty. Stupid idiot, what are you thinking? And then a few plays later, he catches the ball for a sure touchdown and gets the ball knocked out of his hands before he crosses over the plane, and it's a touchback for the Kansas City Chiefs in favor of them, of course. And despite other opportunities along the way, Baltimore would continue to just piss it away. Um, Zay Flowers would drop passes. And, of course, that huge fumble was absolutely brutal. Flowers absolutely made me angry. And, of course, again, just plays that were doable, just weren't made, and the Kansas City defense was outstanding. Uh, Travis Kelsey caught all 11 passes that came his way all 11, because at the end of the day, see, my complaint that might sound like I'm kind of like an idiot or doesn't know anything about football, but it's just reeks of like, why is he always open? Always open. It's like teams are just not paying enough attention to him at times, and somehow, someway, Travis Kelsey finds his way to be open. Um, I understand he's one of the best tight ends of all time, okay? But it's like he's always open. Uh, and it just drove me nuts. But at the end of the day, the Baltimore Ravens defense did their job. They absolutely did their job. And the Chiefs, well, they did their job until <laughs> until the golden opportunity where maybe Baltimore would have one final crack at it. And then that just wasn't meant to be at the end of the day. It's just crazy to think that Baltimore, despite all their yardage, that's what's just mind-boggling, the yardage that this Baltimore Ravens team was able to accomplish in the second half of this football game, it just it just blows your blows you blows you away. It just truly does. Um, uh, shut up. Okay, so sorry. It blows you away. What I mean, over 200 yards offense and such, and you managed three points, three points in the game. Three. It's just absolutely heartbreaking. Um, absolutely blows you away. Uh, Baltimore. Hardly had anything. They wind up with 336 total yards to keep the Chiefs to 319. Obviously, a strong first half for them. But three freaking turnovers, including an interception by uh, Lamar Jackson. That was just a forced play. Just forced. Like, what are you doing? What the bleep are you doing? Forcing the ball into the end zone when you just needed to get a simple first down. Again, just like uh, um, what's-his-face last week. Jay, uh, I called him, Why did I call him Jake Allen? Josh Allen? No, he's not a goaltender in the NHL. Josh Allen, the, the quarterback of the 49ers, and people are talking about them like, oh, these, you know, these other great players of the past that couldn't get past Brady and Manning and such, and, you know, this guy couldn't get past that guy, um, you know, and it's this and that. I don't want to do that yet, like, like say, Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen can't get past Patrick Mahomes. I don't want to believe that yet. Uh, Burrow did, head-to-head, he, he did, and that was awesome, and I hope he gets another chance. I would love to see Joe Burrow do that. I'd rather, much rather, see Cincinnati winning Super Bowls than Kansas City. I'm sorry, and but then again, it would probably annoy the heck out of Viking fans because I'd be at another team to uh, not only go to a Super Bowl, 
and but but actually win it like how we saw the Saints do it like since since I started watching football in 1992 you saw dregs of the league like Tampa Bay win a Super Bowl in 2002 and then later with Tom Brady that's a little different situation there just a little bit different situation than seeing like Tampa Bay with our quarterback Brad Johnson quarterback that we developed for years and years win a Super Bowl he was not the main reason they won but he was still good he was still clutch uh, but you know Warren Sapp and all them guys you know Warwick Dunn all those talented players, Mike Allstott, a great defense. Tony, uh, no, not Tony Dungy. Tony Dungy won the uh, the uh, Colts years later. Not Tony Dungy, John Gruden, Mr. Chucky himself, playing against his former team in the Super Bowl, which is funny. Um, but yeah, you got to see Tampa Bay go from a drag of the NFL to a Super Bowl champion. You got to see uh, the New Orleans Saints do it, and against us, head-to-head which was absolutely heartbreaking to a point of, like, almost insanity. The Patriots were one of the dregs of the NFL. They've won six Super Bowls since 92. Um, that's a lot. <laughs> they were one of the dregs of the NFL, and we saw them win. I'm trying to think of other teams. Obviously, the Cowboys, you know, they won, and the 49ers. Uh, um, we'll get to them in a minute. Um, we got to see the Packers win for the first time since the first two Super Bowls. We got to see them win two during the course of uh, since 92. My mind is all over the place. Obviously, the Giants have you know won a couple times and so on and so forth. The Steelers, yuck, you know that was lame. We almost saw the Arizona Cardinals go be a team to go from a drag to the NFL to a champion. Um, the uh, the St. Louis Rams also the St. Louis Rams, who were the LA Rams not too long before that. Of course, they were pretty much a drag in the NFL. But then again, they went to a lot of playoff games, but they were kind of a playoff failure type of team, kind of like Buffalo Bills and the Minnesota Vikings, where they'd make the playoffs in the past, get to the NFC or AFC title game in terms of Buffalo, and then lose. But then ultimately they won the title with uh, um, Kurt Warner, not Kirk Warner, but Kurt Warner. And then several years later with um, uh, Matthew Stafford, of course, uh, as the LA Rams. They finally got to do it as the Los Angeles Rams. So that was new for Los Angeles to finally win a Super Bowl other than the LA Raiders doing it. So yeah, you got to see several, several teams finally win a title. So it's kind of like I'm used to it, you know, win a title before us, their first and a Super Bowl, so to speak, before us. So like Detroit, they won championships before the Super Bowl existed. Back in the 50s, they were the best team in the world. And their arch rival was the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, they were. Isn't that the weirdest, darndest thing? That was their arch rival. But most of the time, the 49ers were victorious over the years, including a, uh, well, a, a divisional round. Uh, playoff game that I didn't even know about in 1983. So interesting. Um, all I did was look a little bit uh, in the ha- in the past, but yep, I didn't notice that one. Unfortunately, interesting. So some of your older football fans will definitely remember that one. Um, so on and so forth. So I'm kind of delaying the inevitable about the freaking Chiefs being back in the freaking Super Bowl and everybody worshiping the Chiefs, and we get to see a Taylor Swift at the Super Bowl. Isn't that just the coolest, best thing you ever saw? Isn't it just exciting? Aren't you just filled with excitement? I'm not. I don't care. I hope the 49ers throw red paint all over their party. Like, seriously. <laughs> it's a sea of red. It's a rematch of the sea of red from the 2019 season into the, you know, 2019 into 2020 playoffs, Super Bowl matchup. So we're going to get to that in a moment. But again, Baltimore, again, reminded you of the Vikings in so many ways with the three turnovers, three freaking turnovers, two fumbles lost, an interception was thrown, of course. But uh, the multiple interceptions, or multiple fumbles, excuse me, were mind-bogglingly maddening. I mean, just 
you know, I just couldn't believe it. Yeah, Lamar Jackson also lost the fumble. That's right. Um, just ugh, made me angry like you wouldn't believe. I was absolutely seething in this game because the Baltimore defense continued to keep the Baltimore Ravens in the game, but the Baltimore offense continued to, well, <laughs> blow opportunities. They'd have a chance to do something magical, and then there's the fumble, and then there's the interception in the end zone. Are you effing kidding me? And then just simply not getting getting the play done. No, sim- simply, you know, like not getting the job done at the end of the day where uh, Spagnuolo's defense was bent but not break at times. But And it absolutely didn't break at all when you consider the Baltimore Ravens with, you know, one of the best rushing offenses in the NFL could not get the job done. Um, just simply couldn't. Uh, obviously, you have the mobile quarterback who can run for 30 yards at any time. And um, just, again, mind-bogglingly frustrating. And then, of course, maybe one more chance for the, uh, the Ravens to pin the Chiefs and to have a chance at maybe even decent field position and a shot at something. and the way that, But then again, the way they failed all day, you figured that they probably wouldn't get it. But at least another shot at something. Maybe, maybe, here we go. The Chiefs are like third and nine. And then, of course, it's like 30 yards down the field. You know, a player's open for the catch. That'd be, of course, number 11 offensively for the <laughs> uh, Kansas City Chiefs. That would be a scandling, uh, a former Packer with a 32-yard catch. That put the game on ice. It was over. Once he caught that ball, that was it. Uh, all they had to do was pretty much kneel down and run the clock out. Just mind-bogglingly frustrating. <sighs> Son of a biscuit. I mean, he totally fumbled through it. I'm seeing the replay right now. Just, you know, just son of a... You know, like, you just can't make this stuff up. And you're going to hear more and more of the same uh, conversation and frustration in the post-game thread. I'm unfortunately I'm probably the most frustrated. Most of you are more objective, but I, I just can't stomach the Chiefs, man. They piss me off. <laughs> I can't stomach it, and the whole sideshow that's been going on. I know I'm probably borderline childish about it. Some of you might think I am, but I don't know. I guess it's the football fan in me. You know, I'm not trying to be a rube. I'm not trying to be annoying. Just I don't know. You get sick of seeing certain teams succeed, especially when they kind of rub it in your face, and they're not really yeah, they're not graceful about it at all. Uh, and I'll be honest, the trophy presentation, all that stuff for the AFC title game, I turned it off. I switched right over to the uh, pregame for the NFC title game. I, I don't want to hear Travis Kelsey run his mouth again. I just can't do it. Last year was like the end of the line for me. Um, any respect I had for him was gone forever after that. Unless uh, he ends up being the nicest guy in the history of the world later on. But I don't think he's on a fast track to doing that. <laughs> I just don't. Um and, you know, just too many plays were left on the field, bottom line, when it comes to Baltimore Ravens. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens, their fans, the players, you know, obviously not the fans' fault, but, I mean, the fans are probably, you know, replaying some of that in their head over and over and over again, kind of like when I couldn't sleep after the 2009 NFC Championship game. Um, plays were left on the field, and literally the ball was left on the field, and that is the root of the problem when it comes to the Baltimore Ravens not getting the job done. They literally gave it away, and, of course, all I hear is how Kansas City's a damn good team and blah, 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 and you need to just be quiet, basically. Well, okay. So the Vikings apparently longest active droughts. The Cardinals, 76. They're that old, going back to St. Louis. Detroit, 66, because they're pre-Super Bowl. The Vikings, 63, going, uh, so we're number three all-time in terms of uh, active droughts in the NFL. Tennessee Titans slash Edmonton Oilers, Houston Oilers, 62. So the Houston Oilers are that old. I, I suppose, though, yeah, 62 seasons, we're 63. 
Oh, Dan Campbell, I feel bad for you. I can't even imagine what it must feel like. Um, yeah. I can't even, you know, I can't even imagine. So, sorry, a little distracted here. But, yeah, that was, like, flashing on the screen here. That's a, yep, so we are number three all-time. The St. Louis slash Arizona Cardinals, of course. So, St. Louis Cardinals really go back a long time. 76 seasons with no titles. So, yep, they're older than us. It's, uh, man, it just tells you how irrelevant they were because you never heard about the Arizona or St. Louis Cardinals all that much, you know, back in the past. You know, you don't really see them in history at all um, other than maybe getting beat, basically, on plays and such. Um, it's kind of crazy when you think about that at the end of the day. But Zay Flowers, you know, he made some great plays. He made some absolutely great plays in the game, you know, 54-yard long. That was awesome, 115 yards. But, again, he left some plays on the field and then injures his finger a little bit, you know, being pissed off on the sidelines after he fumbled the ball. But I'm more pissed off at uh, Zay Flowers for taunting the uh, Kansas City defender. Here's the thing. You might want to take it, stick it to them because they are arrogant SOBs. That is an arrogant team. In, 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 in almost every facet, and you, you want to stick it to them, but just do it on the scoreboard. Just do it on the scoreboard. Do it on the, on the well, I guess, stat sheet by making that catch because it wasn't a touchdown. It was a big play, though. Just do it by making the play and keep playing, and that's it. Uh, you know, don't lower yourself to their level, and that's what I felt Zay Flowers did. You know, you're lowering yourself to their level, and it was it was just dumb and pointless. Uh, I saw a Tommy Kramer tweet that uh, he said he would have uh, given Zay Flowers a, a he would have given him an earful after that, uh, because that that's bull crap. You know, it, it cost him 15 yards. Luckily, they uh, well, I thought they scored a touchdown, and then no, Zay Flowers lost the ball in the air when he was airborne at the one yard line trying to cross over the plane, and Zay Flowers ends up looking like a complete jackass. And thanks a lot, you know, and I'm sure a lot of Ravens fans are pissed off. It's like he played, see, it's just a combination of things. He played super well. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens, in a lot of ways, dominated the second half of this football game. But they managed three freaking points because they because the turnovers, you know, again, the gambling plays, you know, trying to hit a home run when sometimes you just need a single. You know, stop swinging for the fences over and over and over again. And what kind of helped hurt the Detroit Lions a little bit down the stretch? They're, yes, I understand they're trying to regain momentum, but sometimes going for fourth downs all the time are pretty bad. Um, apparently, it was the largest blown playoff lead in franchise history. So, not that the Lions have been in the playoffs all that much. I'm not trying to be a jerk. It's just a fact. 17-point uh, uh, lead gone in the uh, Detroit case. So, I'm about ready to move on into that game shortly. It's just the Baltimore game. It just, you know, it pissed me off. That rubbed me the wrong way in so many ways. It's not just the fact the Chiefs won and I'm being kind of like a, you know, like I can't handle the Chiefs winning. No, I can't. I, I, I can't stand them. But uh, let's move on to the Detroit game. I'm already almost 20 minutes into this episode, which is crazy. So, uh, where am I? Am I looking at the right thing? Yes, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Um, yep. Oh, my goodness. I can't handle it. <laughs> I can't do it right. <laughs> yes, we'll preview the Super Bowl here shortly. But the NFC Championship game, this looked like it was Detroit, Detroit, Detroit. They just kind of out of the gate. They were able to score really early, running the ball into the end zone. And it was insanely impressive, to say the least. It, yeah, I mean, it was really something um, how the uh, Detroit Lions started this game out. No doubt. Let's see how to move on. There we go again. Yep, sorry. That <laughs> was faster this time. Yes, it was uh, Jamison Williams with a 42-yard run. Uh 
and then David Montgomery also getting into the end zone to make it 14 nothing. Uh, late in the first quarter. The San Francisco offense, Brock Purdy looked nervous. Uh, they, were, they weren't making plays. They weren't getting the first downs. The Detroit defense was, was you know, kind of Johnny on the spot and making the big plays. Um, and then you, you just kind of got the vibe. San Francisco was going to kind of start rolling, getting things back in the right direction. And then the momentum quickly swing back to Detroit. It went from 14 to 7, again, after Christian McCaffrey was able to get into the end zone, who I think, again, that guy is going to be so key to the uh, San Francisco 49ers versus the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. He is going to be so key. Like, we're talking probably the most important guy there is when it comes to the uh, 49ers winning the Super Bowl, um, other than, obviously, their big-time defense. Um, Brock Purdy, obviously, again, we'll get back to that shortly, but Detroit was running all over the 49ers. They weren't tackling. They weren't making the defensive plays. They weren't stopping the uh, Detroit Lions on third uh, on third down, and I could read uh, Shanahan's lips. It was getting to be late in the um, late in the in the second quarter, almost before halftime, before the Michael Bagley t- uh, ba- yeah ba- Bagley touchdown. No, Mike. What am I talking about? Michael Bagley field goal. Yeah, uh, ultimately the Jameer Gibbs touchdown to make it twenty-one to seven. Bagley, but it's like as you, I, I could read his lips like they're getting it every effing time. Like, why are they getting it every? You know, he actually said the word. You could read his lips. Um, that'd be Shanahan. Why are they getting the first down every effing time? He was just shaking his head in kind of silence. Wasn't flying off the handle. Brock Purdy again looked nervous. Looks kind of, you know, stone faced. Like what the hell? You know, like glass eyed look that you see in a court. You know, which is unfortunately what a lot of Detroit players had. Uh, as the game progressed, unfortunately for them anyway. Um, the second half was just a completely different story. Now, it's not like San Francisco came out guns a-blazing necessarily, but they were definitely the better team. At the end of the day, they were able to muster a field goal from 43 yards out after Moody had missed one from 48 in the first half, which again helped the 49ers stay behind by 17 points. It was kind of funny. Uh, Michael Strahan told Shanahan, yeah, you guys were down 17 to nothing, but no, it's like we know what he meant. Down by 17 points were the 49ers um, into the into halftime, and it reeked of Detroit is finally going to a Super Bowl. Not only are they going to, not only they finally get a playoff win, get to the, uh, you know, <laughs> get to the second round automatically years ago in 91, but got to the uh, conference final by beating Dallas before they started winning Super Bowls uh, that year, you know, so that was when Dallas finally got back to the postseason again. Yeah, yuck. Don't even want to think about it after a 1-15 team, which is funny. Imagine the Cowboys is 1-15. I think we'd love to see that right now. Uh, Detroit's not going to be 1-15 again anytime soon, I don't think. Um, but uh, Detroit just, you know, obviously they looked like they had all the momentum. San Francisco in the halftime. I, I was thinking, I mean, it's going to take something like almost like something beyond extraordinary for the 49ers to really truly get back in this one. And um, ultimately they did because something very, very extraordinary did happen. Um, it just, it kind of felt like that, uh, what was that guy's name? Ty, Tyree, was it David Tyree of the uh, New York Giants? It was almost like one of those, almost like one of the David Tyree type of plays um, where maybe you are truly the team of destiny. Um, San Francisco, I remember, lost in the uh, 2011 NFC Championship game. Was it Manningham made a spectacular play against the uh, 49ers? I believe that's who it was for the New York Giants also. Or no, it was mostly like just the the ball bounced off of uh, 
the 49ers uh, leg. That was a huge, huge, like, miracle play for the New York Giants on one of the kickoffs that ended up really costing the 49ers. Um, they were probably going to win that game, if not for that. But no, the David Tyree catch in the uh, the first of the two Super Bowls, where the ball literally stuck on the guy's uh, face mask, and he was able to make the catch. Whereas uh, Brennan Ayuk, the ball bounced off of the uh, Detroit defender. It looked like he might have had an interception. Bounced off of his face mask, off of his helmet. Brennan Ayuk was able to stick with it and catch it midair and be able to keep possession of the ball while kind of spinning in the air. It was a spectacular play. Uh, I mean, we're talking hardcore spectacular. <laughs> Williams also made one of those kind of plays for Detroit later on when Detroit was only down by three as the 49ers had regained the lead for the, well, they'd gained the lead for the first time <laughs> since being down 14 nothing and ultimately 24-7 uh, to seven going into the half. Um but the uh, Brandon Ayuk play, it just kind of made you, it, it had that David Tyree type of vibe where maybe the 49ers are a team of destiny because it was around that time when all of a sudden, you know, see the San Francisco 49ers were still down 24 to 10. It's like, yes, you're still in the game. There's still a chance. But then it was like, ooh, this might change everything. It just might change everything. And it did. Brandon Ayuk was able to get a touchdown very shortly after that. Uh, receiving from, of course, Brock Purdy, throwing his first touchdown of the game, finally. <laughs> um, again, uh, Purdy had an interception early in the first half as well, but, um, where everything just, nothing was working out for the 49ers. It was kind of similar to Green Bay last week, where the Packers were beaten up on the 49ers. Uh, but this felt even worse. Like, Detroit was dominating the 49ers in this game. The Detroit Lions were dominating them in the first half. And then, okay, okay, the 49ers get something. Okay, at least it's 24-7. to 7. Okay, they drew a little bit of blood here again on their opening drive. They did something right, you know, three minutes and 58 seconds into the second core, uh, half, excuse me. But then again, they get another stop. Okay, that San Francisco defense is finally waking up. Maybe, may, maybe just maybe the 49ers are going to do something. And then that great play happened with Brandon Ayuk. A play that's going to define a Super Bowl championship. If the 49ers do win the title... They're going to be replaying that Brandon Ayuk play all offseason. All offseason, they're going to be showing it again five years from now. And um, that's kind of what's going to happen. That's, in a lot of ways, how things are going to roll, I think. Like the David Tyree play, I've mentioned his name about 50 times. But, yeah, I mean, it was <laughs> it was kind of like a prophecy years ago that uh, <laughs> God was going to do something spectacular in the, in the Super Bowl. And it was like, huh. And then that all of a sudden that David Tyree play happened. And maybe this Brandon Ayuk one is going to be a similar type of situation. So we'll see. Because that completely changed everything. All of a sudden the 49ers were a completely different team. The defense was absolutely what you expected the 49ers defense to be. And then the 49ers offense woke up. You know, yeah, you saw Brock Purdy hitting passes. You saw him... Um, you saw him... Uh, Brock Purdy again, uh, scrambling for first downs, uh, toughing it out. I was like, okay, just get down, get down. Don't get hurt. Don't get hurt. Don't get hurt. Don't get hurt. Because, you know, last year the poor guy got hurt right away, not because it was something stupid he did, but just horribly bad luck with, again, the uh, Tommy John situation. Um, and it was in Philadelphia, and all the momentum was on the Eagles anyway, so it was kind of like sacrificial lamb situation. It was so sad. Um but, uh, yeah, and the Eagles barely lost to a red-hot Chiefs team at the time. Um, so, I don't know. 
it was very disappointing. Um, <laughs> but then next thing you know, uh, Jake Moody, excuse me, Christian McCaffrey ties it up. You can feel all the uh, momentum completely on the 49ers again after Detroit uh, lost the ball. There was a fumble in the uh, exchange with uh, the 40, uh, the Detroit Lions exchange and the uh, a fumble during the exchange. And it was like the Detroit Lions are Detroit Lionsing. And it was just shocking. Next thing you know, the 49ers have the ball again and the game is tied up as McCaffrey's able to run it in. From, uh, you know, uh, but it was just four plays, 24 yards. It was at the Detroit 24-yard line, of course, where the fumble happened. Reminiscent of the infamous uh, Randall Cunningham fumble. And then the uh, Falcons scored late in the first half. Obviously, this one was much more crucial in terms of the uh, Detroit Lions losing this game. But, I mean, it's going to be similar in, uh, you know, depression and frustration at the end of the day. Just absolutely depressing and frustrating for Detroit, uh, like how Cunningham fumbled. But then in this case, it was uh, Jimmy Gibbs fumbling the ball for the um, Detroit Lions. And next thing you know, the 49ers were tying the game up in 9 million percent fudge. 9 million percent of the uh, 9 million percent of the momentum was on the San Francisco side, even though it was just a tie game. And ultimately, the 49ers would build a 10-point lead. And that would change kind of everything a bit. Um, but yeah, that Gibbs that Gibbs fumble was a big one. I mean, that was, that was uh, other than the uh, Ayuk play, the spectacular play, with Brandon Ayuk being able to stick to it. Obviously, the ball was kind of overthrown. That's why it hit the defender and bounced back into Ayuk. Uh, you know, the way he was able to gain possession and hang on to the ball, like I'm trying to say, the composure he had in that play was amazing. Um, the Gibbs fumble, of course, again, obviously, momentum clearly was on San Francisco's side at that point, and you could just kind of tell the 49ers were probably going to win the game. Um, the home team, the, the favorites... Uh, a team that a lot of people saw winning the championship this year. And I hope, hopefully, they can still do it. I'm getting sick of this. I'm getting so done. <laughs> We're going to nip that in the butt. I apologize. Yep, it's just, that's how things are in these stupid, uh, <laughs> in these stupid sites and such. I'm kind of bouncing around. But um, Moody was able to put the Niners up again after a, a, a drive that would ultimately stall. But uh, Jake Moody, just 33 yards out. Again, the drive stalled as the Niners couldn't finish on the play. Uh, 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 missed, of course. Had to throw the ball away. Um, did uh, Mr. Purdy. Moody was able to make it 27-24. And then, again, another Detroit drive that completely stalled again. Just another one. Elijah Mitchell was able to run the ball in to make it 34-24. Uh, to It's like, yeah, Detroit absolutely is going to the Super Bowl now. Um, did I say Detroit? San Francisco is absolutely going to the Super Bowl now. Uh, Detroit finally put a drive together where they did end up getting into the end zone. It was a very impressive and very, very well executed drive where Williams did get into the end zone on the play. Detroit would do a squib kick, which almost, Detroit almost got the ball, but the Detroit uh, lineman that almost had possession of the ball, it was too early. Uh, it was eight, it was about eight and a half yards out when it needs to reach 10, which uh, obviously hurts the uh, chance of the uh, of the kicking team to re re uh, recover the ball. And then uh, I guess one of the hands guys, that all-hands team, George Kittle of all people, right? And he should be there for that because he's got good hands, makes the play, and the 49ers end up uh, being able to run the clock out by having to run the ball by completely denying Detroit any chance of getting the ball back. 
uh, for some miracle Hail Mary play that could uh, put uh, Detroit into the Super Bowl still in miracle fashion, which would have been absolutely nuts if something like that happened. It really would have been, but uh, it's like you never know. Um, 49ers, again, it was uh, it, it's the kind of game, if they're going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, they can't afford to be coming out flat again like they did against Green Bay and against Detroit. Now, if they come back with this kind of momentum, maybe they could beat the four, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, but I wouldn't tempt my fate at all. Um, there's a real chance the Chiefs could win another bleeping Super Bowl, and it would be disgusting to see the Chiefs beat the 49ers again. Such a storied franchise that, uh, believe it or not, the San Francisco 49ers, despite all their accolades, despite what a decorated franchise it's been since about 1981, right? Since about 1981, what a decorated franchise the 49ers have been. It has been a 29-year drought since they won a Super Bowl, which is nuts. They were the first team to win five Super Bowls. The first. It was awesome to see them pass the Cowboys and the Pittsburgh Steelers. It was like, sweet! They passed the Cowboys and the Steelers. That is awesome. Uh, how the Cowboys had, you know, made it four Super Bowls by winning back-to-back in 92-93, and that was disgusting. Like, they're tied with the Niners. That's awful. And the Steelers... And the next thing you know, you know, the Niners win in 94. It was a dominant, dominant season. I got to see the 49ers in uh, the Metrodome uh, in the season finale. They took Steve Young out after he got hit a couple times in the first quarter. Wise decision. Elvis Gerbach took over. The Vikings won a, you know, semi-preseason game to win their division. Yes, to win our division, the uh, NFC Central as it was back then. And we'd be the number three seed behind the 49ers, the Cowboys, and then us. And, of course, we got obliterated by the Bears the next week. Bullcrap. Who then got obliterated by the 49ers, and the 49ers kicked the Cowboys' ass going up 21 to nothing very early, and that was awesome. I loved that so much. And then, of course, they kicked the Chargers' ass as well. <clears throat> that would be another Harbaugh Bowl if that happened. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, it wouldn't, actually. I'm backwards. That would be the two Jim Harbaugh teams going at each other right there, the 49ers and the Chargers. But uh, the Chargers, we'll see if they get to the Super Bowl. Yes, Jim Harbaugh is the coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. And yes, I am all over the place right now, and it's probably annoying to listen to it. I apologize. Um, John Harbaugh, not sure what's, what's going on with the uh, with, with trailing by. Was it um, trailing after the half? Like, what are they like? Yeah, they're like winless or something. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Um, trailing by like 10 or more points or something. It's a ridiculous stat. Um, 49ers have a chance to tie the Steelers and the Patriots if they win. So that I'm okay with that. Uh, it's been 29 years. And again, when you consider which players won those Super Bowls, that was a classy, classy team. Like if you hated the 49ers, you were probably just sick of them winning in general. And that's kind of how I feel about people with the Patriots. And I know Brady, Brady's reputation was tarnished with the... Uh, Deflate Gate and um, Bill Belichick being kind of the, you know, whatever he is, you know, being kind of, I don't know, arrogant with the media a bit. But to me, he's not as openly arrogant as, say, the Chiefs are. I don't see Andy Reid as arrogant, really. He's kind of a cool guy. I kind of like him, but Mahomes has gotten worse. Like, he was nice. He seemed kind of cool for a while. I think he's gotten more and more arrogant over the years, and obviously Kelsey's off the charts. Uh, other players on the Chiefs are off the charts. Like, Pacquiao just got there, and he acts like he's the coolest thing in the world. That's annoying. So, yeah, there, there's all there's a bit of that. So seeing San Francisco win a sixth Super Bowl versus the Chiefs winning their, I guess it would be their fourth already in franchise history, which is really weird. Four. Wow. 
Um, not with not all with Mahomes. I'd be the third with Mahomes, and I really don't want that to happen because I'm actually super irritated with all this uh, greatest quarterback of all time talk. Dude, it would be his third Super Bowl. Tom Brady won six. Right? Tom Brady won that many. Yeah. Um, no, Tom Brady won seven. Excuse me. He, he won seven. He won six with the Patriots and won his seventh with the Bucks. So let's let's pump the brakes, guys and gals out there that are married to this whole idea of Patrick Mahomes being the greatest quarterback of all time. You know, and 49ers, please help slow that down a little bit. That would be great. Just like Tom Brady's team did when the Chiefs uh, when the Chiefs played the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I just love seeing that happen. Um, and the fact that uh, Brady's Patriots beat the Chiefs in the AFC title game before that as well. Um, yeah. Ugh, disgusting. Disgusting. Travis Kelsey's touchdown. He was, I would say he was taunting a little bit. And, of course, they had to turn things to a certain music star that's a not good. I don't like her music at all. Sorry, I just don't. Never, never have. It's no offense. I just don't like it. Um, anyhow, I'm just watching the replays. But let's get to the Super Bowl preview now. That's pretty much what I was kind of doing in a way, very indirectly and maybe unprofessionally here. Um, it is a rematch of the 2019 Super Bowl, of course. That is the Sea of Red Part 2. That's the title of the episode, pretty much. Um, <clears throat> yeah, but it's the Sea of Red Part 2. Uh, it's not a rematch of the Harbaugh Bowl. And, of course, Jim will now coach the Chargers, and John is on the, still on the Ravens all these years later. But um, the complete lack of success by Baltimore, particularly in the postseason, though, trailing at the half, has been ridiculous since 2013. Since winning their Super Bowl, they've been, I don't know, they've frankly been losers in the playoffs. Like, this is by far their most successful year, uh, when it, you know, by just winning one playoff game. That's kind of sad. Um, you know, and it's not like the Texan, uh, Texans were this stud team. Like, they're good, they're promising, but they're not ready to go anywhere yet, I don't think. Uh, so they've been extremely disappointing since their Super Bowl, which is kind of sad. The Chiefs did finish 11-6 and in the regular season. 49ers finished 12-5, and uh, 12 and five, pardon me. They had an annoying three-game losing streak in the middle, and the Vikings were a part of it, which is funny. With uh, with the healthy Kirk Cousins at the time, they looked flat awesome. Um, yeah, Kelsey's as classless as ever. It's just I'm tired of them. Tired of them, <laughs> but uh, let's move on. Um, this this 49ers team should, I think, be different. I think things should be different this time around. J- Jimmy Garoppolo is a guy that had some success. I have more faith in Brock Purdy, especially after today, when I when you saw how clutch he was down the stretch after a crappy start. Uh, way more clutch as the game progressed, and it was insanely impressive uh, how he was able to handle things. This isn't me just hating on the Chiefs, but it, it just drives you nuts how this how Kansas City could win another title in a year where clearly it looked like they were inferior to the last few years when they won the championship. And even the year that they lost the Super Bowl to the Bucks, they looked clearly inferior. Um, yeah, obviously a lot of people are sick and tired of uh, Kelsey's act as you saw uh, McVoy there going at him. Like, yes, enough. We're, we're tired of your act, dude. And yeah. Guy is a classless jackass. And the fact that he's in every commercial just adds to it. Like, stop rubbing it in my face every second. Just go away. <laughs> just don't go away angry. Just go away, right? Um, and I've said um way too many times as well. The, the matchup here, points scored per game. Interesting enough how the Chiefs' offense is middle of the pack, 15th. 
and the 49ers third in the NFL, almost 29 points a game. And, you know, they when you have a balanced offense like that, passing and rushing, you have a chance for something. You, you truly do. Uh, total yards per game, San Francisco second, the Chiefs are ninth. And obviously stats aren't everything, but uh, uh, almost everything, almost everything favors the 49ers. Not everything, but almost everything. Um, the, simply the uh, the Chiefs are insanely stingy. Passing yards per game, the Chiefs are sixth, the Niners are, are fourth. Again, when you have Ayuk and McCaffrey, and of course Buck Purdy being a lot better than people give him credit. Rushing yards per game, Niners third, Chiefs 19th. 19th. Uh, yep. The Niners did lose the regular season finale to the L.A. Rams because they had already won their division in the number one seed. So that's kind of what that was. It would have made their record a little more uh, purdy, if you'll allow me to, uh, if you'll allow the pun. And things were not purdy on Christmas Day when both of them were crushed them. But San Francisco does not need to worry about the Baltimore Ravens now. If that was going to be a huge problem, but they're not going to have to now. Points per points against per game. This is an incredible, uh, incredibly close stat. The Chiefs are number two in the NFL this season. 49ers were third, 17.3 to 17.5. Total yards against the Chiefs were number two in the league, two, 289. Uh, 49ers 303 at eighth in the NFL. Passing yards against. Passing yards against. So there is a weakness of the Chiefs that's coming. It's not the passing, though, unfortunately. Passing yards against 14th, 49ers are 14th, so kind of middle of the package. So, yeah, so they, let's, they better show up and get the job done. Obviously, what's his name? Uh, Jared Goff had a pretty good game against the uh, 49ers for the most part. Chiefs are fourth in the league in passing yards against, and that's why uh, Lamar Jackson was having a hell of a time finding open men during this game. You have four receivers going down the field and none of them were open. Oh my lord, I can't watch. Throw up. You can guess what's being shown on the screen. Rushing yards per game, 49ers third in the league at stopping the run. 89 yards, just under 90. Kansas City Chiefs, 18th. Kansas City Chiefs, 18th. 113 point, basically 113 and a quarter yards. Stacks, the 49ers were 6th and the Chiefs were 2nd. So Brock Purdy, watch out. Interceptions. This is a big one. Big one. Huge. Which could be a very big thing in favor of the Niners. Number one in the league. Number one in the league with interceptions. But then again, does Patrick Mahomes throw a bunch of interceptions? Unfortunately, no. But hopefully he will in this game coming up. Super Bowl 58. The Chiefs are only 27th with only eight interceptions on the season. And I hope it stays right at eight, if you know what I mean. Obviously, they got some in the postseason, I'm sure, especially today. You know, they got at least one, and then the multiple fumbles by the uh, Baltimore Ravens, which were insanely frustrating, if I my, uh, say myself. So, yep, just kind of looking at the injury report, but uh, you just never know. Like, are they going to be active for the, for the Super Bowl? These were guys that were, well, I'll read them off who were inactive going into the game today. Zane Gonzalez, questionable with a calf. Uh, Kyla Davis, Kylia Davis, Kylia Davis, pardon me, defensive line questionable with the ankle, and Oren Burks questionable with the shoulder. That's the 49ers, of course. Chiefs, Anthony Witherstone questionable with the toe. Isaiah Moore out, undisclosed, okay. Uh, Kadrius Tony out with a hip. He was dancing too much. Okay, sorry. Um, so that's, again, going into the Super Bowl. Of course, you probably figured that out by now. The Chiefs have been red hot, and they haven't lost since, you know, forever. So 
yeah, they looked uh, very ordinary earlier in the season. They've been red hot ever since. Hopefully, for my sake and the 49ers' sake and anybody that's sick of the Chiefs and, and 49ers fans, that uh, things are going to change here very rapidly. And the 49ers are going to take care of business this time around. I'm stepping out in faith and believing they will because they're rushing yards per game. They're third in the league. The 49ers are 19th. The 49ers rushing yards are third in the league. And Purdy did show some mobility today, which really could help, uh, which hopefully can help the 49ers get some key first downs down the stretch when they need them. Uh, because they're going to need first downs. Here, <laughs> plain and simple, no matter who you are, no matter what. Um, the Niners are third in rushing and third in rushing yards against. The Chiefs are 19th in rushing yards per game and 18th in rushing yards against. So I, you can definitely expect to see a decent amount of Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel and such. You know, Debo Samuel is kind of one of those, you know, um, you know, Swiss Army Knife types, obviously. He could be a bit of a run and a bit of a run uh, receiving. Brandon Ayuk, obviously, again, hopefully he can be that key stud receiver down the stretch for the 49ers. Maybe one more miracle play, which would be great. Fifth, uh, amazingly, Brock Purdy actually threw for more yards than Patrick Mahomes, which is crazy, but obviously I'm sure Mahomes didn't play every down. <laughs> Probably not, right? <laughs> no, he he just simply didn't. But still, 4,280 yards for Purdy with 31 touchdowns and 11 INTs. Patrick Mahomes with 4,183 yards passing, 27 yards and 14 INTs, and hopefully a couple at least in the Super Bowl, which will help the 49ers cause to defeat the... Uh, Stupid, uh, the stupid, yeah, to, to defeat the uh, frickin' Chiefs. It's funny how they're comparing now careers through age 28 and now uh, Mahomes has four Super Bowl appearances. Yeah, okay. But Brady did have a drought, but then he won a bunch more later in his career, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see how this turns out. Yeah, they can they can, they can, can start their little comparisons with Brady and say that Mahomes is better, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you've got some. You've, you've, he's not as close as people think. He's not because Brady was winning Super Bowls well after 28 years of age. Believe me, he just unfortunately had that stupid drought in between and those two losses to the Giants. Just imagine if he won those. I mean, we wouldn't even have a conversation right now <laughs> if he won even one of them. Think about it, or if he beat the Eagles and or just think about that. It's not even a conversation in in that sense. But because uh, there's a lot of Super Bowl appearances that Brady had. That, uh, so we can talk about his fourth Super Bowl appearance. Brady had uh, a lot more as the career progressed. It's just up to age 28 because of the drought. Um, but that's how that goes, unfortunately. It's too bad. <laughs> 2006 Patriots were pretty good, but they just couldn't get past the stupid Colts. Stupid Colts, right? Um, to the running backs, of course, you know, the top rushers anyway. 1,459 yards for Christian McCaffrey, 14 touchdowns. That's the key right there. I mean, Christian McCaffrey comes out and kicks the major butt. 49ers have a real shot at winning the Super Bowl. Isaiah Pacheco, who's a pain in the ass, and he can be, you know, oh, he's a cocky little son of a... Uh, 935 yards with seven touchdowns. On 205 rushes, by the way. Almost five yards a carry, but Christian McCaffrey's five and a half. Brandon Ayuk, Ayuk, Ayuk is on fire. 1,342 yards. I know, that's from PA locally. At uh, seven touchdowns. Travis... Uh, Travis Taylor Chef wannabe Kelsey with nine uh, biggest jackass in the league and everybody hates him because they they're sick of it. Nine hundred eighty four yards. They're sick of the arrogance. It's not just Taylor. It's there's nothing even to do with Taylor Swift. They're just sick of his arrogance. Um, nine hundred eighty four yards and five touchdowns 
hopefully this will be his last game. Because there were rumors, obviously his brother is retired, and it turns out he's kind of nuts too, unfortunately. Taking his shirt off and all that, I don't know. But I've seen, I guess there's worse things than that, but still stupid. Um, uh, but hopefully this is it. Hopefully this is his last game and they do not win. That would be wonderful. So I am going to pick a 49ers win. Not just because I can't stand the Chiefs, but I think the 49ers are better. You can tell me all day about the Kansas City Chiefs have the best quarterback and the best coach and they're this and they're that. But I think the 49ers, it's, it, it's time. It's time for the 49ers to win another Super Bowl. I think it was their year. Sometimes it's your year. Uh, the Chiefs made a run here because Baltimore fell on their face. And Buffalo, I just, I don't know. They gambled too much and it was ridiculous. Stupid. Come on, man. And they couldn't make the big stops when they needed to. It was so freaking sad. Um, but I think the 49ers win the final, uh, win the game with a final score along the likes of 31-24. to 24. The 49ers, 31-27. 49ers win the Super Bowl. Uh, and they're sixth to tie the Patriots and the Steelers at, uh, with, uh, with NFL royalty and Mount Rushmore status, denying the Chiefs, thank God, and giving them, uh, I believe, would be their third Super Bowl loss because they did lose to the uh, Packers, I think, way, 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 way back. And then they beat the Vi- uh, they beat the Vikings, the Niners, and the whoever the heck it was last year, the Eagles, yes. <laughs> and then, of course, lost to the Bucks, the Packers, and hopefully this year to the 49ers this time around uh, at the end of the day. So there it is, uh, 31 to 27. With that, we'll get to fan interaction after this. back here on Purple Mafia segment number two, Fan Interaction segment, and of course the final segment. I want to thank Vinrock Vince Germano for retweeting the most recent episode uh, at um, uh, episode 422, Division Review Conference Preview. Of course, this one will be titled Sea of Red Part 2, and hopefully this time the 49ers are victorious. At Purple Mafia shows the Twitter account. I think I'm going to go to especially for chronological reasons, I am going to go to the Instagram first, uh, which is Purple Mafia Show. Quite simple. So, luckily, that one got uh, right in there. <sighs> a couple of comments, I believe. Yeah, good. There's a couple here. At least one from last week. Want to get it right away? Strike Force. That'd be Mark from Iowa. Mark Carlson from Iowa. Just another reason why I enjoy Purple Mafia. Some were in the third quarter. I got called away from Buffalo. Kansas, uh, from the Buffalo-Kansas City game and missed the end. But listening to Purple Mafia helps fill some of the details of what I missed. And man, I was laughing and listening to the Yuck City Chiefs or Yuck Shitty Chiefs. Did I say that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I enjoyed the show. I am more hopeful for a Baltimore versus Detroit game. Oh, yeah, almost, but yeah, it ended up being the opposite. Isn't that the darndest thing? And I might as well say this now that the league must, must have a deal with Taylor Swift. Yeah, it feels like it. If she isn't featured at the game, she is in the commercials. I am surprised she isn't doing the halftime show at the Super Bowl this year. Skull Mark from Iowa. Yeah, it's really annoying, and I can't stand it. Um, I, I just do not understand. Uh, it's, yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I am 
very bored with the whole Taylor Swift situation, no doubt. And it's, I don't know, I, I've never understood the obsession with her. I never have. She's not that good. Um, okay, here we go. Here's a brand new mark from Iowa right here. Well, pretty darn new anyway. It was hard to see the Ravens fall. I felt they were their own enemy. Yes, they were. Costly and avoidable penalties. And man, I was stunned to see the Lions jump up to a sizable lead and maintain it through uh, maintain it in that first half. And I love the aggressive play, uh, but, uh, but fourth down late in the game, Campbell should have took the three points. Still, it may not have mattered. I love playoff football. I love the national anthem. Yes, me too. I love the broadcast of the flyovers. Yep, it's all classic and really cool. And happy the 49ers were able to be victorious. I know a lot of people are kind of like back and forth on <clears throat> some people want to really want to see Detroit win other people really don't because it'd be like here we go another team passing us up so that would be depressing so back to the Twitter account thank you Mark that was great um Gerald Spring also liked the most recent episode post Dave Vicky was saying not so fast my friend Casey pulled out another tight game but Diggs and the other Bills receivers were off or they could have won easily yeah so Diggs really let down the uh Buffalo Bills, just like Flowers today, let down the uh, let down the um, Ravens, and yeah, it's like you keep seeing the replay of Kelsey's touchdown. He was clearly taunting, like, why? but of course they're never going to call anything. That was bullcrap. Um, yeah, and Flowers fumbling the ball—that was just—I don't even want to remember it. Anyhow, <clears throat> I was saying also how it was at 14 years ago today. This was this past week. The heartbreak happened. Arguably the best show I ever did, and yes, I showed the. Uh, I posted a link to that show. Oh, it's just, yeah. Sorry, I'm distracted here by something. So if my apologies, I better keep going. Yeah, Malcolm retweeted that. Really appreciate you. And yeah, Skull Vikes basically is laughing at me, which, I don't know, I don't care. Laugh at me all you want. Uh, I was saying I will never understand the constant vanilla coverage on Kelsey. He's not nearly as good as teams allow him to be. I honestly feel that. <clears throat> I do, and people can laugh at me all they want. I don't care. Um, <clears throat> Mad Martin said the Ravens. Yeah, there it is. This is the this is the stat that matters more than anything. And Mad Martin, you did it again, buddy. Huge. And I was yeah. The Ravens are zero and twenty three when trailing by 20, 10 plus points at halftime since twenty twenty three. That's ridiculous. Like really? That's that's horse crap. Every other team in the NFL has at least one comeback win after trailing by double digits at the half in that span. As good as John Harbaugh is, that's a really big, big wart on his coaching record. That's awful. Like, that's awful, seriously. So it's like, of course, right? Of course they lost. Isn't that just sad that it's that terrible, that pathetic? <clears throat> it's weird. <coughs> Excuse me. Now let's try to get back to where I need to be. <clears throat> Man, Martin, yep, here it is. Kind of like uh, Kevin Garnett with the Wolves and this, you know, and uh, other players, like how they were in the way, you know, like D Duncan and Kobe, you know, the Lakers and Spurs were in the way of like Garnett and other players in the Western Conference years ago in the NBA. Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson careers. This is Mad Martin again, of course, coming in out of Northern Scotland. Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson's careers are going to be like Philip Rivers. Never get to the big game, but a lot of that is down to having to go through Mahomes. Rivers was great, but had to get through Brady and Manning. Oh, and I just realized something, and I better do it right now, because, uh, so sorry to interrupt Mad Martin's uh, tweets. We're going to come right back to him. But when I was thinking about Mad Martin calling in, Dave Hickey called in, and I better play that right now. 
message goes out to Joey Awajan and the Purple Mafia faithful. It's Dave Hickey. Another disappointing year. I thought maybe we could improve on last year's 13 wins, but it's the same old Vikings. Up one year and down the next. Like the score north guys say, I just want to see them win a championship before I die. And I've been a suffering fan for 50 years. I really can't see no light at the end of the tunnel for either one of us. Thank goodness for me. I'm not ready to go yet, and it don't look like they are either. They need to get back to where they build from the inside out on both sides of the ball. When the Vikings were relevant, it's when they had the people purple, purple people eaters and a couple of Hall of Famers on the O-line. A good line makes it easier on the whole team. You get pressure on the quarterback and sacks, and it creates more turnovers and time of possession, better field position, and there's a reason why Paul Krause still leads the, the NFL in interceptions after 40-plus years. It's because he had the purple people eaters creating havoc in the backfield. And quarterbacks just wanted to get rid of the ball. Of course, like I said, you need a good O-line too, and a Hall of Fame quarterback and running back don't hurt either. Other than maybe three times since the late 70s had they had a shot. 50-plus years just don't cut it. Now, present day, I just watched the lowly Lions win two playoff games, and they're one win away from playing in the Super Bowl. And if the Lions win a Super Bowl before us, after being a punching bag in our division for 50 years, I don't know what I'll do. As far as the Lions, they seem to have a great roster. The Packers look like they have another good quarterback and a very young team, and the Bears... Thank goodness they have Everflues to drag them down. But they have two picks in the top ten in this year's draft. And they played pretty good down the stretch, which is something the Vikings never, ever do. We play a nail-biter every week. Never do we dominate. Not since Moss and Carter, where we outscored people. But the defense... Hasn't been dominant since Dolman and Millard's in the mid-80s. I really don't count the Zimmer defense because they fell off a cliff after a couple years. As far as the near future holds, I think they need to, as much as I hate to say it, re-sign Kirk for two years. Unless you have a shot at a Jaden Daniels, without giving up the farm. I think they should actually trade down just a couple spots unless they had a shot at Zahan Newton or just a big slob that can stop the run and get the quarterback. I also like Bo Nix next to Jaden Daniels. They have the best QBR rating. Nix is accurate. He had 45 touchdowns to three interceptions and over 4,500 yards passing in a passing conference. And I think he could be had at maybe 15 or 20 in the draft. If they try and move up 
to get one of the top three quarterbacks, that's likely going to take next year's number one and and then some maybe. Maybe two number ones in the future. Way too much. As far as the near future, if they can sign a few studs on the defense in free agency, then maybe we could afford moving up or down to get a quarterback that can sit behind Kirk or maybe pick up an interior offensive lineman. I'm done with Bradbury getting walked right back into the quarterback. There's a lot to blame to go around this team. Madison cost us at least two games, cornerbacks out of position and not being able to secure an interception. I'm thinking of Evans in the San Diego game. And my boy TJ Hawkinson definitely cost us the San Diego game. I was there at the beginning of the year. They were uh they were just turning the ball over at a record pace. They they were coughing the ball up. Then the quarterbacks started throwing the interceptions. It was after Kirk went down. We had a lot of injuries this year, but that's all part of the game. And if you have no depth, then you're going to lose. We need to sign J.J. and Derisaw and Hunter. And if we can get Kirk to sign a halfway modest contract for two years, then so be it. I'm not giving up on Jaron Hall just yet. When he was in there, the O-line was total shit. He never had a chance. Even Brady or Peyton Manning might struggle with the middle of our offensive line. The defense was much improved until it mattered. I do love that what Brian Flores brought to the team. Aggression. Not just sitting back, giving up 10 yards a pop like Donna Shell did. But Flores, he needs pressure up the middle. Not just Hunter or Blitzes. We need to keep getting younger. I think maybe uh, get younger in the scouting department too. Two other than two or three receivers and getting lucky on uh, late round picks, I can't think of too many game changers that we've drafted for a long time. It's time to say goodbye to Harry the Hitman, one of my favorite Vikings of the modern era. He's lost a step or two, and we need the money. Say goodbye to K.J. Osborne also. One of my biggest disappointments this year. And also, Marcus Davenport. He played great in like one game and then sat out the rest of the year. I'm sure everybody and their brother is upset with Quasi for the Lewis scene pick. I think he needs just one more year, and if he doesn't draft some real difference makers, he should be done. KOC, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt but he better do a better job of game management and play calling next year, or he can follow Quasey right out the door. That Cincinnati game comes to mind with the play calling. You have the skinniest person on the team trying to move the pile on a tush push two plays in a row. Where was C.J. Ham, or the biggest person on a team pushing? You can't 
you, you, you just call that play stupid. KOC cost us at least two games this year. Well, I've said enough, I think. Thanks for all the work that you do, Joey, and keep up the great work. Thanks again. Bye. Skull. That was an awesome and very heartfelt call-in by uh, Dave Vicky. really like that and totally understand your frustration with the Minnesota Vikings franchise. And I agree with you 1,000% about, uh, yeah, I mean, we'd like to see them win a championship before before we die. And I even include that in the show description here. I hope that's not kind of like parroting or stealing from the uh, Score North because it's kind of like we all kind of feel the same way in a lot of ways, a lot of us that have been around a while. And, it, you know, we've, we've seen a lot, we've been through a lot, and it, it hurts, it hurts. And when you see guys that kind of mock the game and mock mock the other teams when they beat them, it's impossible to be a fan. Impossible. The way they just kind of taunt and rub, rub it in your face and talk all classless after they win an NFC or AFC title, it's really frustrating. So, yeah, completely feel you. 1,000% Dave Hickey. <clears throat> Obviously, I'm not going to unpack everything. I'm going to kind of let you have the... I, I just kind of let you have the floor. It's probably better that way. If I just sit and unpack, 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 I'll probably make... Yeah, you tired and me tired, you know, and and the the you know it'll tire out the uh, the listeners too if if I just unpack everything. Sometimes it's just better to let somebody have the floor, and um, yeah, just kind of respond a little bit like in general, like how yeah, I, I could totally understand your frustrations and how you know obviously the Vikings defense is nothing to what it used to be back in the good old days. It was spectacular. Uh, at least the Keith Millards and such, those were, that was a good, good defense. It was a lot of fun to watch in so many ways. So, yeah, great, 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 great call in, Dave Hickey. And, um, yep, you've been wonderful all year for sure. I'm so glad you didn't disappear when uh, Facebook disappeared. You know, you and Mark and Mad Martin, you know, you've really been huge staples, obviously, today uh, as well. Um, Mike Dale has been spectacular. Unfortunately, disappeared a little bit of late. Maybe he doesn't care as much about the playoffs as some of us that like to keep up, you know, with it and such. But, you know, I love covering these games, even though I, I get way too emotional sometimes about non-Viking teams and such, you know, and get way too uh, pissed off at teams like the Chiefs. So stuff like that, I understand. So now I'm kind of babbling in such a bit and time to get back to uh, Mad Martin. And again, awesome call in. So Mad Martin continues here on the Twitter think Lamar is the Kirko of running quarterbacks. Folds when the lights are brightest. Yep, I think you nailed it there. I, I, I really do. Um, I was saying they cam- they gambled too much. Yep, that was about the Lamar and uh, that guy. Um, yep, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson are like Phil Rivers. Yeah, where they gamble too much and can't win the big one. I was saying also about the Kirko thing. Uh, sure seems that way. It's sad, though. The Ravens should literally be blowing them out, if not for the idiotic place. Like, the Vikings should have blown out the Saints in the NFC title game. Absolutely. Uh, Tanae Brown liked my tweet when I said, Dear NFC champion, win in two weeks. That is all. So, yep, 49ers in this case, of course, please win. Kev's Hobbies. Yep, this was like a minor little back and forth, but nothing too uh, rough, I hope. I hope Kev isn't annoyed with me too much. Uh, He did not unfollow, so that's nice. Thank you. Thank you very much for not unfollowing me. I was afraid a little bit that, you know, like I'm not afraid of offending people that much. You know, like if... We have different opinions, and you get pissed off and unfollow me. That's kind of, that's how it goes. But I'm glad he didn't. Um, just for the sake of I'm glad he didn't, because Purple Mafia is, you know, 
The Purple Mafia Twitter has been shadow banned for years, I swear. Like, <clears throat> I'll leave my reasons to myself at the moment, but you can kind of guess, you know. You can kind of tell how this, the numbers haven't gone up with the, uh, the Twitter account. And they were going up every year. Why would it just suddenly stop? So, okay, there, I went into the details. I was saying the Ravens should have beaten the Chiefs easily, and of course the media is going to flood us with how historic and legendary they are. What a joke. The Patriots were way better, along with the 80s 49ers. The Ravens literally handed this one away on a silver platter. And Kevin's Hobbies is like, Mahomes is a damn good quarterback, and Reed is a damn good head coach. Does that make them better than the 49ers or the Patriots? Does that make them even better than the Ravens team today? Well, more clutch, yes. Fine. But uh, it's funny how Mahomes didn't have as much to do with it as the Kansas City defense uh, and, uh, of course, uh, their their defensive coordinator. And that would be Steve Spagnuolo. That's, <laughs> that's, and I was saying, no kidding, that doesn't make me and the Ravens didn't simply give the game away. Kevin Sabi says, the better team won today. And I just replied with, yeah, okay, whatever. Because it's like, you know, just, I don't know. I don't like the, I don't like the way people worship the Chiefs. I don't like it. I think you could kind of catch that already, but it's, it's kind of irritating. Tom Hayen from Minnesota Wild, Brave the, or for, from Brave the Wild fame, and obviously, you know, on the, the Crease Assist podcast with uh, Derek Velska. I'm not sure he listens to Purple Mafia, but I, I, he, he might listen to Timberwolves Explosion. I know uh, Derek Velska doesn't like the NFL very much. He likes college and high school football more. Uh, Tom Hayen, though, yep, chiming in. Great to hear from you, Tom, in case you're listening. Uh, he was saying Detroit-lit, like, like, like Detroit being a toilet, yep. What was I saying? I was saying I truly hope the Detroit Lions can beat the Chiefs, because that's what I thought the Lions were going to the Super Bowl. Otherwise, this is just a big way. San Francisco should be the better team, but certainly haven't been today so far. Tom Hayen uh, says Detroit has one of, if not the best offensive lines in football, blocking for two incredibly effective running backs, and that's true. Just the better of the two teams up front to this point, and it hasn't been close. And yeah, they have been. Detroit. <laughs> Mad Martin was saying, I've got to say that's a depressing prospect if the Detroit uh, if, if Detroit Lions win Lombardi before we do. Well, right now they won't, but we'll see. Um, I would say I remember that awful feeling back in 2009 with the Saints. They just horrible when they beat us. And, yeah, in a way, we just kind of let them win after they were a garbage franchise, and he responded with Tampa as well. Um, that we could, that we could, brother. Not a game I want to particularly remember. That would be that Saints one. You think Tampa, yeah, to think Tampa has two Lombardis. They used to be the whipping boys in the Central and, yeah, all over the place. Front office needs to make a bold move this year. 2024 needs to be rebuilding for the future. Yes, rather than being stuck in mediocrity, which is a lot of what, um, going back to uh, Dave Hickey's call, absolutely hits the nail on the head with the frustrations of being just stuck kind of in the middle and then above average, and then we're just below average, and then we're above average, and we're just below average, and we're above average, rather than, okay, you know, let's rebuild for a little bit. You know, it's... Something, something's got to give sooner or later. Damn it. Um, I was saying, uh, things like me, this make me just want to step away for good. You know, I said, I think this way every year, don't I? Because, I don't know, eventually, I don't know, it could happen. <laughs> Tired of seeing teams like the Chiefs win, and of course, our team never getting anywhere, and when they do, they, they choke. Mad Martin says, I think, sadly, things are only going to get worse before they get better. Yeah, and they probably will, and maybe it's a good thing. The Lions and Bears blew it up. Well, while we just tinker around the edges, I think we can see which philosophy is working. Yep, 
Absolutely, I was saying he nailed it on the head. And uh, Mad Martin says, I think it gets harder each year to follow this team. And I think a lot of the fan base, especially the Cousins faithful, don't live in reality when they say, bring back Cousins and everything will be okay. We are at least a year behind the curve in our division. Yep, I mean, we could be last place next year without even, like, trying to be, if you know what I mean, without even trying to rebuild. We just went up being last place by, 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 by default, which would be insane and weird. Uh, Mad Martin says the Lions reverting to what the Lions do best, and that's, yep, blow games and turn the ball over. Uh, unbelievable, it's a 180, and that's it. Um, I was saying absolutely love the 49ers and hope they get revenge on the Chiefs for the last time around and feel terrible for Detroit fans on the other side. We've definitely been there. I believe that is the final tweet of this episode. Da, 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 da. And just in case there's anything else popping up on Instagram, apologize for getting distracted earlier because there was a little bit of stuff popping up uh, in other places and then on the TV screen and such. It looks like that's all she wrote, folks. Yeah, the divisional round was very, very active, but I also posted it on time. Damn it! I posted the the I posted the thread for this week's show halfway through the the Ravens game. Stupid! I should have probably posted it like on Saturday. Like why not? Super Bowl I'll probably post it on Saturday, and uh, all that. That's on the Instagram and of course Twitter and such. We can continue our conversation. Brent Jacobson also chimed in. Let's get to Brent Jacobson. This might be the way to go, Brent. Just in case you're listening. Uh, hopefully you're listening. Yeah, you can always send texts and stuff. I mean that way we can still hear from Brent Jacobson because I love hearing from Brent. He goes way back to like 2009. Do you realize how long ago that is? What do you call a Detroit Lions uh, Detroit Lions fan who has a Super Bowl ring? A thief. I'm disappointed that the Lions lost, but also kind of happy they did. Yeah, because division rival and, you know, another team that might claim a championship before the Minnesota Vikings. So completely understand both points of view with that. Like, you'd want to see them win, but then it's like, oh, that would kind of suck, you know? So, Las Vegas, they go. The Las Vegas Raiders uh, are hosting the Super Bowl, basically, or at least the stadium is, and the city of Las Vegas has become definitely a sports maven. Um, definitely believing the 49ers can get the job done because the potential weakness of the Kansas City Chiefs is the running game, and the frickin' uh, Ravens didn't exploit it enough. Mr... Mr. Lamar Jackson did run for some key first downs, but then at the end of the day, couldn't finish at all, couldn't make the big play and all that, and then the fumbles and such, just complete crap. Uh, the Ravens were definitely a team that could have beaten the 49ers in the Super Bowl. Uh, it could have it could have happened if they got past the Chiefs. Not that I would have wanted the Ravens to beat them, but they could have. Uh, it wouldn't have killed me or anything. The Chiefs winning, it's not going to kill me. I'm not going to die. The sun's going to come up the next day, but... I don't want the Chiefs to win, okay? I, I really don't. That sucks. It's like watching the Cowboys win in the 90s. It's just, uh, that was awful. I'm sorry, it was awful. And even watching the Saints beat the Colts, that was awful too. Um, I don't think anybody's really a fan of the Saints ever since then around here, except maybe like now it's like, okay, I don't, you know, we finally don't mind them very much because a certain coach isn't there anymore. And Dennis Allen isn't exactly somebody... Uh, He's like the polar opposite of uh, Mr. Sean Payton. First of all, he's a defensive coach, and his personality is so much more mild, and he, he's like a human being. Sean Payton's just a jackass, you know? So, I mean, if you have a problem with Dennis Allen, I don't know, maybe you think he's too nice? I don't know. Seems like a cool guy, honestly, um, and he respects the game, where I don't know if Sean Payton really did at all. 
uh, at the end of the day. With that said, I think I've made enough babbling. I've talked enough, and you got to hear from Dave Vicky, which was awesome. Nice to hear a different voice other than mine, uh, especially when it's Dave Vicky. You haven't heard from him in a while, and it was a nice, you know, heartfelt call. So, Dave Vicky. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, Dave Vicky. Uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, Dave Vicky and Matt Martin, I think you both get gold stars. Like, Matt Martin was so awesome. You know, that interaction throughout the whole game was just unbelievable. I loved it very much. So, but Dave Vicky's call-in was so good. I think you guys are going to share the gold. Mark Carlson brings in the silver with some awesome conversation as well. Brent Jacobson's going to bring in the bronze, you know, with a beautiful, you know, nice little text there, and it was fun, and all of that. Uh, a bronze star. Uh, see if there's another... You know, Tom Hayen also is going to... Yeah, Tom Hayen and Brent Jacobson are going to bring in the bronze star for this episode. So at least I passed out stars this week. Last week it was Mark Carlson with a bullet. Uh, Matt Martin also will would get the silver last week and Dave Vicky the uh, bronze, if I remember correctly. So that's... Yep, I forgot to pass out stars last week. I apologize. Um, so with that said, we're going to step away for a week. I never do a podcast during the uh, Pro Bowl week unless something crazy happens with the Vikings in the news. And that doesn't happen. Just Vikings news usually doesn't happen during Pro Bowl week. And I hope nothing bad. You know, you don't want any bad news. So it's just no. <laughs> no. So no bad news, okay, uh, at the end of the day. So with that said, have yourself a good couple of two weeks off. Enjoy the Pro Bowl if you want. And if you don't, it's up to you. Uh, I'll probably watch some. I'll do some DoorDash probably or work on another podcast called Video Game Flashback possibly, working on the, a project there, Zelda Link's Awakening, as Final Fantasy Mystic Quest is wrapping up, and that's been a fun one uh, for the Super Nintendo. That one's not released yet, but already getting started on Zelda Link's Awakening for Game Boys. Video game flashback, if you like retro video games. Already 28 episodes in, 27 officially, but 28 is going to be in the books very soon with the release of the Final Fantasy Mystic Quest review for the Super Nintendo is that game, of course. But uh, yeah, if you like retro games, you're somebody that grew up in the 80s and 90s, you know, maybe even the late 70s into the 80s and 90s, and you like those retro video games, check out the Video Game Flashback podcast. There I go giving myself a free plug again, or at least that podcast one. Um, Cloud Convert, that's a wonderful uh, website that converts your files to MP3, say, like if you need to, you know, for, for anything. So it's awesome. That helped uh, get Dave Hickey's call into Audacity so we can uh, listen to it. So and uh, get to listen to Dave Vicky. That was awesome. With that said, uh, what else? Please do please do uh, add to the algorithm through the show. We, we, we need your help here. Really do. It's been quiet for a while. So five-star rating on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else that allows you to put a rating for Purple Mafia Podcast up there. I would really appreciate it. And thank you so much for those of you that have over the years. God bless you. Seriously. With that said, we'll talk to you in two weeks, and until then, take care. And go 49ers, dang it. Mm-hmm.